Welcome back, everyone, to the With Joe Weeby podcast. It's uh, me, your host, Joe Weeby, and today doing another consolidation episode. Uh, the last one we did was episode 40. And I think it's good. We talk about so much stuff, guys, that we should actually recap it routinely. So I'll do one of these every now and then, but you can let me know. Probably best place on Instagram at with underscore Joe Weeby what you think of the consolidation episodes, if they're needed or not, or if you'd like to just keep trucking through. But I think synthesis is really important. So what did we talk about across these episodes? So earlier earlier on in that sequence from, from 41 to 61, uh, we were talking about there's three powerful things I look at as pursuits in life. Community, interests, and problem solving. Community is what environment and, and type of people are you around? Interests, what are you deeply interested in, curious about? What gets you thinking? And what are the curiosity doors you want to open? And problem solving. You're wired to solve problems and look for problems in the world to some extent in your, thanks to Astro the dog. So how do you focus that energy positively? Positively for other people around you and your own psychology. And they're very powerful things to think about. And I've loved concentrating on those things uh, in my life. So with, uh, we, talked, we talked about ways to, I guess, um, build community and tap into community as well as building and tapping into your interests and problem solving. So we tried to make those episodes as actionable as possible. If you need to go back over them, they're in the early 40s. There's also blogs on the website or, you know, uh, what... So we've got build community or die trying, build interests or die trying, interest mapping, which is an amazing exercise. I recommend everyone does routinely uh, and problem solving and how to think about that. One of my favorite questions to ask is, um, as well, I think I probably attribute this to Scott McEwen again, is, you know, what are problems in the world you care about solving? So people who are lost and don't know where to look for what they're doing next and they lack that clarity, it's one of the most powerful questions. What's a problem you care about solving in the world? So if you want to think about you know, a big problem we get into in our lives is that we become very siloed and focused on us. And that happens to our own detriment. We're wired that way, so it's nothing to be ashamed of. I've certainly been that way as well, but it's always it's very me, me, me driven. I have this problem... I need to do this tomorrow so I can get towards my goal of this. And what we get is quite is this very egocentric. So by continually focusing on us, we're shining more and more light onto us and putting more pressure because we're shining the spotlight. All, all the attention and focus of problem-solving mind is going on us. Once we start redirecting that to, oh, what's the problem me and all the people I care about facing right now? And this is why purpose-driven work is so powerful because purpose-driven work, you've started a company, for example, or a podcast or something about it, but because you've began a commitment, you're locked into that culture of doing that thing every day. And so you're kind of forced to return back to thinking about the problem very often. A system has been built that is making you do it. It's very different to consciously sitting there and trying to think about think broader than yourself is really hard is really hard to do 
maybe if you meditate or whatever, but it'll always be tied back to a system you have for doing it because your natural wiring does not dispose you to that. Natural wiring is natural selection. It's more about how do I survive, you know, to pass on my genes. So to audit your own life, you can think about this. Am I, are the only problems I'm looking to solve in the world right now my own? When you think about that answer, think about how that's relating to your life. Now, I, I want to really, uh, I guess, a disclaimer or a ca- caveat on that, um, on that thought and that question is other, it's not to take on board other people's problems. We're a ship and taking on other people's problems, taking them on is like just, it's basically taking on water and drowning. There's only so much water you can take uh, before you drown. So I'm not talking about throwing yourself um, into other people's problems. What I'm talking about is widening. So it's it's called self-transcendence. It's widening the idea of what we care about and engaging ourselves in meaningful pursuits. Not every problem, right? So it's something to be negotiated. It's very independent and individual. But I talked about those things because I talk about them as things that tend to make life pretty bloody good when you're able to concentrate on and dive into those things now to move on we also spent a couple episodes talking about some really nice interrelated uh ideas of the bucket right the bucket's like how you upgrade the things in your life over time um but also in all areas of your life walking along the beach you start with certain seashells because they're the first you see they go in the bucket first then you start seeing better and better options. You're not able to take everything. So you take the best you've got. Then your bucket's full. And so the bucket's full, but you keep going. You'll either find better things to put in your bucket or you'll take something that's not as good out because it's been forced by something great you've seen. And it's a very gradual process we can all go through of improving our options. And that metaphor related directly to what I talked about after, which was all about from decision-making all the way up to building momentum and compounding returns. Compounding returns are investing term, right? Compounding returns are getting better and better rewards at an increasing rate and often for less and less effort having to be put in. So I talked about examples of that. And we related our decision-making practices and the way we view things, especially the way we view failure, to building that journey. And so it, it basically raised the point around, so Thousand Doors as a concept is very useful for that. That's why I talked about that again in the last episode because I think what we misunderstand is how we actually get there on the journey. And the problem is with compounding returns, it's not a linear, it's not necessarily a linear process. It's not a, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, and you can have all the steps written for you in a nice instruction manual first. Uh, I think most compounding returns come from a process that's very thousand doors like, which is get into the first room, get the feedback. Don't get stuck in the first room when your point of it is to get feedback. Make another decision. Um, and we, yeah, we I forgot we also talked about pain. How could we forget that? Yeah, so obviously, as pain is our biggest teacher, but it's often 
encoded as just this unpleasant experience, it becomes a barrier to actually continuing on that journey and dealing with uncertainty. And that's why one of the exercises I recommended was whether mentally or preferably written down or maybe uh, recorded on Otter or a voice note, something like that, is reflecting on your experiences that were painful, but then separating them kind of, it's kind of like having two fluids and letting, you know, oil and water and letting the oil settle to the bottom so you can see the water clearly because there's those two parts to pain and you basically want to Look at your experience, see what the actual painful part was. It felt bad because this person rejected me or I was I didn't make it into the job or the degree. You got it there or the business didn't work out. But then you're looking at the learning separately as a very separate thing to that bottom experience of unpleasantness. You know, they come together as one like liquid, but you've got to kind of distill them and, and, and see the difference. I think one of the biggest examples from my own life of that was you know back in real estate more out and out real estate days the first uh, person I hired probably didn't hire um, very well and I think it was a bad fit for the person and also for me and the business as a whole and he kind of became a bit of a a very bad team member to be honest um, and did some bad things um, and damaged our reputation and it was really kind of nasty experience and very unpleasant experience having the conversation uh, with the person that they had to be let go. It was very, very uncomfortable, very, very painful because they got very, very kind of verbally aggressive. So, re- yeah, re- real, real, um, I was so shaken when it happened. Throw, throwing things around the office, making threats, uh, obviously insulting me, uh, telling me I shouldn't be in business, all this, that was too young, all this sort of stuff, getting very, very personal. So it's quite shaken. So at the time, it's painful, right? You've just been given this (laughs) injected liquid, this mixed thing. Um, But then once you kind of let things distill a bit and you you start to see, okay, the oil's dropped to the bottom now and I see clearly the lesson. It's it's to, okay, I understand the pain for what it was. It was painful because, you know, you try and make a good environment for people you work with and you try and build good relationships and try and work towards good results. It didn't happen. So what did I learn? And one of the things I learned was, you know, that person I hired um, wasn't really purely interested in the role they were doing in real estate. It was kind of a stepping stone. And it kind of taught me how important interest is if you want someone to, it's a great motivator. Uh, well, not motivator, but it's a great, it's a great um, actually, I'm going to go with motivator. People who work, who are pursuing their interests um, don't often need to be motivated as much because they're genuinely interested in what they're doing. It's kind of like letting kids play. They just they just want to play. They want to play that sport. It's being able to, it's like, oh, here's the sport you want to play. So I guess the next person I kind of um, filled the role with was much more interested in the role, had been doing it for a long time, which showed that they'd vetted it for themselves. They'd given, they'd had plenty of feedback and it was staying in their bucket. So looking at their bucket, looking at their interests and understanding that, makes it easier for me now to kind of figure out whether people are appropriate to work on something or not so that's learning i took from an experience after divorcing from the pain and then that learning has a has delivers a compounding return and momentum for me because imagine you imagine you apply these principles you're now able to hire a whole team very well you can do incredible things and magnify the opportunities possible the people who are not going to look at the learning will repeat, repeatedly make um, hiring mistakes 
and they'll stay on this level and they won't compound their journeys. So that's just an example, a personal example from my life. Um, but yeah, they're very powerful ideas um, all around journeying and yeah, well, I'd say journeying. They all relate to journeying, community, interests and problem solving. And then all the decision making and building momentum in our lives, a thousand doors. They're all about our journey. So I hope you go back if you need to and refresh over any of those episodes. But please let me know what you think about this one. Best way to contact me is Instagram at with underscore Joe Weeby. Uh, if you need more resources, they're on the site, www.withjoeweeby.com. And until we're back again tomorrow, just remember that the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. Thank you very much and goodbye.